Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Hockey News on the E! podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm Jacob Stoller from the Hockey News alongside Justin Cohn from the Fort Wayne Journal-Gazette. And there's a third person here. If you're watching online, you can see that. A 30-year-old goaltender from the United States playing overseas in Germany. But before then, he spent about six seasons in the ECHL with the Allen Americans, Indy Field, Tulsa Oilers, Kalamazoo Wings, and Florida Everblades. 222 regular season games in that span without further ado jake hildebrand jake how are we doing man i'm good i'm good thanks for having me i'm excited how was the intro was it was it not glowing enough or was that okay uh it made me realize how how many different teams i played on in the coast it's an honor (laughs) i didn't mean to make you seem like a suitcase oh gosh no no it's normal Play it, play it's funny that you say that though because like this is crazy to me that this is the first time i'm talking to jake because i'm guessing if i searched our archives your name would probably come up like 300 times because I, all, all, all the Kelmazoo. i've definitely seen you on twitter before i've definitely seen you on twitter before Uh-oh. when when negs mentioned your name um i was like oh i definitely i've seen him before i know some of your stuff so uh yeah i was kind of felt like i knew you but we we never been formally introduced Right. Well, There's no so better many, way so to many, meet than a podcast. So, yeah. That's true. So many Fort Wayne battles. Like, I don't know. I like immediately went Kalamazoo, but then I had to remember Allen, like playoff series. We'll, we'll get into that. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, I, in Indy too. Indy, I was there. We played yes. quite a few times. Quite yes. a few times. That's being division. honest. So many Indy goaltenders through the years. I can't keep them all straight. I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah. Even this season, they've got like four. I can't keep it all straight. <laughs> so you're playing in germany uh just first before we get into you know the echl stuff i'm curious um you're in berlin this is your second season there what's it been like overseas after all those years in the coast it's been great um you know i, I felt like my time was kind of running out in the coast i was wasn't moving up um, i was almost ready to be done playing hockey and get a job especially during covid kalamazoo sat that season out um and I was putting together a resume to get a job. I ended up going down to Florida um, that year. And then I'd always wanted to go play in Europe. It was kind of one of those bucket list things for me to do. Um, and I got a great opportunity over in Frankfurt um, in the second league. And I was in Frankfurt for two years. We did that whole, you know, the promotion relegation thing that they have in soccer. Um, they have that over here too. So uh, we won the second league, moved up to the first league, the DEL. Um, and a great experience and I, I made a joke the other day i think there was three or four years where i kept saying yeah i got one more year one more year and now it's like i want to play five more years <laughs> justin i cut you off you go ahead sorry right, well no that's fine like there. so let's jump into that and skip ahead a little bit here since you brought it up the uh you know moving up um we, we've had a couple guests on talking about you know just what that's like when you're playing in europe and either your team gets relegated or you move up and i don't remember who it was maybe jake does but he, he said it was, was it was it luchuk yeah, yeah it was like it was just a crazy scene and him as a north american was kind of like not even quite getting what all the excitement was about so i guess when yeah. you guys moved up from del2 to one i mean guess just set the scene for us what was that like over there it was it was unbelievable um and that was kind of home my whole recruiting process with them was basically them saying hey we're we're putting together a team to win it we're not you're not coming over here 
you know, to have that fun last year in Europe, like a lot of guys do, they're like, you're, you're coming to win a championship and move up to the top league. Um, so I, I really like that mindset. Um, it, I thought it was really fun. And then, I mean, I don't know if you've heard about the fans over in Germany, but it is nuts. Um, if you look on my, uh, if you look on my Twitter, I remember last year I retweeted one of our games against, uh, it was Mannheim and Frankfurt and Mannheim was a derby game. Um, it's like the big rivalry, uh, Mannheim 15,000 sold out and the place was nuts. Uh, you couldn't hear yourself think so. Um, the, the fans over here, it's like soccer fans. They don't stop cheering. It's so loud. It's like a stadium full of a college student section. So yeah, it, it makes the games fun, loud, um, exciting. Fans in, in Europe, they're just so passionate. Like I will admit, I probably get more, I mean, I get tons of emails and whatnot, but I get specific emails from European fans. They want scouting reports on players who they've heard might be coming over to Europe. Like mm -hmm. I'll just, I'll get it all the time. Like, like, okay, I heard Kyle Haas is coming over there. Tell me about this guy. Is he tough? Is he going to fight? Like, what's he like? And it's like, and then sometimes I'll answer and then it'll suddenly show up on some website and it's like, whoa, I didn't know I was actually going to be quoted on this. So the fans, very, very passionate. I mean, are they are they as knowledgeable as they are over here? Uh, I, I think so. I mean, some of them, uh, obviously, it's it's a little different. Hockey's um, like like the big sport over here, is soccer. So um, it, it is a little bit different, um, but they're. The, the way it works over here too, it's like teams are privately owned, but they have big sponsorships as well. Um, so you see the sponsors they are really involved. They're all over the jerseys, the ranks, the boards, all that stuff. So the, I mean, they are, they're sponsors, but they're big fans too. So they, they become very involved um, with the team stuff that you do. So it is a little bit different rather than like, I don't know, you look at the, the privately owned teams in North America, which, I think they're starting to get more uh, sponsorships. You, you see some of the teams in the NHL um, with like logos on their helmets and things like that, or their shoulder patches. So, I mean, good way to grow, grow the right. game probably too. Right. Go ahead, Justin. So, um, so let's backtrack a little bit. Um, you know, I, where I first came across you would have been when you were with the Allen Americans and correct me if I'm wrong, that was the playoff series where there was like a, Breakus during warmups was that that year was that 2016 where there was something going on during warmups in Fort Wayne I'm pretty sure it was no that. that was actually uh I I remember what you're talking about I thought that was you guys in um Colorado well that it happened again in Colorado yes now that was a much bigger deal but what I remember is there was something was it a full fight like, or was it like no, uh, well I think it was, it, why not it was the, a blue line it was a big shoving match but what i remember is this was the first time that i learned this was the thing somebody like skated just ever so gingerly over center ice during warm-ups and i know it was an allen player and for it was a fort wayne guy took offense to that and then there was some pushing and shoving it was nothing like what you're talking about in colorado where it was just full-on line brawl. Was it a melee? They suspended guys before the game yeah. was even started. Like, that's what it got to in Colorado. But, all right, well, you don't remember it, but it, why is that such a <laughs> thing? Like, don't don't skate into our zone even a couple feet during warm-ups. I think hockey's such a respect thing, and there's so many yeah. unwritten rules that you don't really know until you find out the hard way. Um, yeah. 
and especially like in the minors, it definitely respect things. So maybe it was something like that. Yeah. Where a guy saw somebody do something where they would, shouldn't have been doing it. And I think both teams had quite a few guys that like to like to stir the pot a little bit. Um, See, we can't do so, that. Yeah. I'm always making fun of baseball for all these, these unwritten rules. Don't walk over the mound. It's like, we, we can't let that creep into hockey now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so that series though, um, I remember you started game one and then Riley Gill took over for a long stretch. And then I think Joel Rumpel was on that team as well. Um, you know, what was it like, you know, in a playoffs, you have to, you know, kind of take a back seat for a while, but still be ready to go. And you came back in, you know, a couple of rounds later, was that tough? Yeah, it was pretty wild. Um, and that was kind of my first experience at pro where, I was coming from college where I was kind of the guy for four straight years. Uh, I went to Allen. I played, I think, six of the last seven regular season games. Yeah. And then I lose game one of playoffs and don't play for like five weeks. So <laughs> it was kind of, uh, yeah, you, you figure out quickly that there's only one thing that matters, especially in playoffs, and that's winning hockey games. But um, I was pretty fortunate to be able to play again. Was it I played? Rumpel went in when Gil got hurt in Fort Wayne. I think it was. Was that game two? Um, and then That's game three, I think Rumpel went in to finish that. And then I ended up starting game, or no, I went in late in game four, maybe it was. I'm bringing um, it up here. We were down, I, I remember the game, we were down like three nothing or something like that. Um, I get thrown in, they got a, Fort Wayne's got a five on three. Uh, I may I remember a couple couple big saves. We ended up coming back, winning that game in OT, and then we won the next game uh, to clinch the series, I believe. Um, right, but yeah. So you uh, came it, in. Um, it looks like yeah, game three, and Fort Wayne won two to one. Then you guys won the next game six to five in overtime, and then yeah. won six to four to take the series. I, I, that was, yeah, that was it. Cause uh, Gil got hurt. So I started game three, lost two, right. one Gil started game four. He got pulled. I went in, we ended up winning an OT. I was playing the next game, game five. And we, yeah, we won. It was kind of a wild. I mean, that was a wild series. Um, it was, it was crazy. I like the going to Fort Wayne playing in that building. It was, it was fun. It was electric. Um, you know, I talk I, about, sorry, go ahead. No, um, no, you go. Well, so I, I talk about those Allen teams pretty often because, you know, the ECHL now is is so much younger. And, you know, that was still a time where the league had absorbed the former CHL teams. And Allen, you know, went on that run of two in the CHL and then two in the ECHL. And, and you know, there was veterans. And it was kind of a different way of building a team that we don't see so much now. I mean, looking back, do you feel like it was any different? Like, was it very veteran heavy and, and some older guys and not so much the typical ECHL team like it is today? Yeah, I, I think it was different. Um, I mean, you look, you look at our team and I always tell people when people ask about that, you know, what was it like winning that championship? What was the team like? How did you guys do it? Blah, blah, blah. I always tell them we played five games in overtime in that playoff run, and we ended every single game in the first five minutes because we had Gregor Hansen and Chad Costello. And, like, those two were unbelievable, unbelievable hockey players. Um, both had really good careers, too. I think Costi's coaching now in Allen. Um, yeah. And, yeah, we like, we were an older team. I was a young guy. Um, I can't remember all the guys. It's like 
Asichuk's still there, I think, in Allen. Um, we had Gary Steffes. Um, Asichuk's got to be like 50 by now. <laughs> he was my he was my roommate when he when uh when i was there he was an awesome guy so i'm curious you know you're at michigan state and a lot of the guys that you played with actually matt barry tanner Sorensen, thomas ebbing travis walsh they ended up in the coast too i'm curious like what's it like running into these guys around you know when you're playing echl and also when you're playing NCAA hockey, is anyone talking about like the coast being an option or is that something that you kind of, you realize in your senior year? Like how does that all happen? Um, I mean, you don't realize how good it is until you're there. Uh, when you're playing college hockey, you think, yeah, I'm going to the American league. Right. Right away. Um, and you, you think it's going to be easy and it's not, it's, it's so hard. So, um, you definitely, you get to the coast and you're like, oh my God, there's so many good hockey players out there. And it's, it's so tough to make it. I got, I remember I got like a sniff my first year. I played like a month in the American league and that was pretty much it for me. I had a couple call-ups here and there, but it didn't really, didn't really pan out there. So, um, but yeah, you, you realize how good the, the coast is and how hard it is to make it. And I'm, I'm curious too, having those connections when you're in the coast, like we always hear about how recommendations and just people's you know rec like advice and stuff like that it goes a long way when you're recruiting or whatnot but amongst players like how much do you talk to people about like okay what are different coaches like different situations and whatnot whether it's free agency or or anything of that matter because it seems like the word of mouth is the biggest kind of tool in the e in terms of information currency it really is um and they you always hear people say hockey is a small world um yeah, so sure. like i have a lot of old coaches will text me, hey, you play with this guy, you know right. this guy, or players that I played with that are coaching now are like, hey, what'd you think of this guy, kind of player, kind of person. Um, a lot of them, I mean, you can see when you're watching them play, like what kind of player they are, but mo most of the questions go about what kind of guy he is. Is he good in the locker room? Mm -hmm. Do you do what it takes to win? Things like that. So, um, you know, like your reputation follows you everywhere. Um, and it is a small world, like they say. So it's kind of funny. You uh, you mentioned the uh, the 2021 season when you were with Florida, and I think you, you said you you were kind of ramping it down. Well, there there's a heck of a way to ramp it down. You were 23, 10, and five, 2.4 goals against, 9.23 save percentage, two shutouts, and you won goaltender of the year. Uh, you know, I hope I start thinking about ramping down my career and, and go out that that well. So, uh, you know, what was it like in Florida, you know, just compared to maybe Kalamazoo and and especially that season? I mean, do you ever sit back and kind of reflect and marvel just what we all went through just to get through a season that year during the pandemic? Well, when I was talking about ramping down, I was, you know, I, I hadn't had great numbers in the coast in any of the four years. Um, and it was kind of like, what, what do I do from here? Am I going to gonna play in this league and probably not have a chance to move up? So that was kind of where my head was at with that. But yeah. um, going down to Florida was the best thing that ever happened in my hockey career. Um, and it, it was tough. Like Kalamazoo said they weren't playing. I didn't think I was going to have a team to play for. Cam Johnson signed with the Blue Jackets and left. And Josh Robinson was the goalie coach there who I'd been familiar with. Right. It's funny. I'll bring him up again in a, in a second here. But um, he calls me one night, asked if I can drive down to Florida the next day. I said, I was running, I, cause I goalie coached back home, but I was like, I'm running a camp tomorrow. Can I come the next day? He's like, sure. So I packed up my house, 
ran the camp the next day um, and drove 18 hours to Florida. So Jeez. it kind of worked out and working with him really changed my game. Um, we had a great team in Florida, but like, you know, you talk, you, you hear hockey players talk about the dog days. Um, it's kind of like December, January, February, it's cold, it's rainy, it's snowy. Um, it's tough. You don't have dog days in Fort Myers, right. Florida. <laughs> um, whether you got practice and you leave the rink in shorts and sandals and you're either going to golf or going to the beach or going to sit by the pool, um, you don't have bad days down there. So I told somebody, somebody asked how my time was. I was like, I didn't have a bad day in five months, um, <laughs> especially with the way things were in the world with COVID. Uh, everything shut down. You go down to Florida, you can do whatever you want down there. Um, it, it was a blast. And then I, I met Josh Robinson, the goalie coach who after I left Florida, I went to Frankfurt my first year. After that year, the goalie coach who was Finnish went back to Finland. So I was talking to the GM and I was like, Hey, I know a guy that would want to come over to Germany if, if you guys are interested. So Robo came over and was my goalie coach in Frankfurt last year. Wow. Um, so it, it's funny how things like that work out. And that's the, the thing, the word of mouth, the GM's talking to me, you know, a guy. Yeah, perfect. Okay. Worked out. What was it like, uh, you know, playing for Brad Ralph? Because, you know, obviously his reputation's pretty, pretty solid at this level. And and being in Fort Wayne, I guess I'm a little curious what Jesse Kalicki was like then too, because I think that was his first season as assistant in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice working with I mean, both of both the guys um as a goalie you don't really deal with like the head coach and assistant coach that much um it's more the goalie coach so i i talked to ralphie a little bit here and there but i mean his reputation the guy's a winner um i think he's good does he have the most wins in echl history now he does not because there was a couple guys that that coached just just forever like christy um um Doug Christie, uh, Jason Christie, yeah, yeah, Jason, Jason yeah, Christie, Jason Christie, yeah, blanking on his name. So yeah, there's a couple guys ahead of him, but he's he's eking up in like all time playoff wins and winning percentage. So you know he's got a lot of a lot of the uh, you know the the high level stats. Yeah, I mean he, he's a great coach, and you see every year they got a great team. Um, they just win. <laughs> so we talked about it a bit off the hop, but I'm curious, like going to Europe and making that decision. Is it one of those things where, especially after like the season you had in the E, like were the offers quite lucrative that it, it wasn't even a question of like staying in North America? Like, was that kind of how it all unfolded for you? Yeah. Um, I just, you know, like even I won goalie of the year, I really didn't get a sniff in the American League. Like, there was no, I wasn't going to get an American League deal. It was a little bit like kind of pigeonholed there, I felt. And the, the money over in Europe is, is a lot better. So, um, and you kind of, Talk about like an easier life. You play less games. You're not on the road as much. Um, you're maybe on the road one night a week. Like you're never going on those, you know, two, three week road trips. I went on a 19 day road trip one time when I was in Tulsa. And it, it, it's a tough, tough life. So, um, yeah, once I once I got the opportunity and kind of everything, did my research on the city and the team, it was no brainer for me. Yeah. Uh, so before we let you go, just curious, you know, uh, you know, there was a, there was a morning game today. Did you have to play in any of those? Oh yeah. I saw that. I was watching, um, <laughs> I still buddies with a couple of the guys on Kalamazoo and I, the social media feed. And I do remember we'd always play the morning games against, uh, Toledo when I was in Kalamazoo 
And I'm pretty sure every time we either lost in OT or lost in a shootout. So it's uh, <laughs> it's tough playing. You're getting up. I mean, you're not used to getting up that early, but you're getting up at 7 to be at the ring. I mean, if it's a 10 o'clock game, you're at the rink by 8 o'clock. Um, and when you get there, there's, you know, 6,000 screaming kids with high-pitched voices. So it's it's a different atmosphere than usual. The first time I ever covered one, and it, I think it was in Toledo, somebody was like, did you bring your earplugs? And I like, no. And they're like, good luck to you. And I hadn't thought of it. I mean, it's just, you could say wow. it, but like until you're there, you cannot really appreciate mm-hmm. what, you know, 8,000 screaming kids oh. for three hours is really like, it's just so awful. And then for me, after the game's over, then you're like trying, it gets all quiet and you're trying to like type and it's just, oh, I can't even imagine what it's playing like, like in that. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it's, it's a different, different feeling, but I mean, that's kind of just, it happens. You got to learn how to play through it. So did you see what happened in this game? Have you ever seen a situation where a fan throws a chicken nugget on the ice and then a player shoots the chicken nugget back into the stands and then gets a 10 minute misconduct? Have you ever come across that one? Cause that happened. I didn't, I didn't see that. No, I knew when I was there, they created that rule. If you shoot the puck in the stands, it's like an automatic penalty and suspension. Um, right. I didn't. I didn't know if that went with chicken. Like delay a game, not. or you mean intentionally? Uh, intentionally. So if you okay. just like, yeah, if there's a puck on the ice, or you're not happy about a call, you just flick it in the stands. It's like an yeah. automatic Sausage. suspension. Yeah, but like right now, like this this tweet with the video is making its rounds, and a lot of the people who are not ECHL people are like, oh, what kind of terrible ref is is awarding a penalty for this? They're all over him, and I, I just want to be like, actually, it's a, it's a correct interpretation of the rules. I'm not sure he deserves a suspension for a chicken nugget, but he did deserve yeah. the misconduct. <laughs> oh, my God, that's too funny. That's too, <laughs> some of the stuff you see is just, you know. Only well, we, we talked about the, the I mean, same two teams, Kalamazoo and Toledo, two weeks ago, Kalamazoo forgot their uniforms, so jerseys. they were wearing Toledo jerseys, right? So yeah. what, I've, what I've learned is just pay attention to Toledo, Kalamazoo, and you can get some viral tweets out there. We had uh, one of the guys on our team this year, um, Yannick Bayou. He played with me a little bit in Kalamazoo. I think he had two stints in Kalamazoo, but... He, he was asking me if I saw that they forgot their jerseys one day, and we had a good laugh about it. <laughs> good stuff. All right. Well, Jake, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, all the best this year in Germany. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. All right. Good stuff there from Jake. Uh, Justin, uh, do you want to explain the uh, the origin of us getting Jake on the show? We don't have the name yeah, of the player. Well, yeah, no. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll name him. He'll Because we'll get him on here eventually. We have to hold yeah. him accountable. <laughs> yeah, so I've been trying to get Pat Nagel for the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, Pat and I go way back, and he recently retired. And, you know, he's got some stuff going on. He's, um, you know, looking into getting a new job. And so he he had to cancel last minute. And he's like, hey, but how about Jake Hildebrand? And I'm like, okay, that, that'll be good. You know, maybe I'll talk to him a little bit down the road. He's like, no, 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 I got it all set up for you. So the whole point here is Pat Nagel has covered new ground in being the first guest to cancel on us, but to book his own replacement guest. And that's and our new provision. We're going to put in a yeah. clause for all you listening. Yeah, we're going to put in a Pat Nagel clause. Yes. The Pat Nagel rule. You ha- yes. If you cannot out of 10, you need to get eight other guests that is sufficient for us. It was really funny because Costly. After I connected with Jake and he's like, yeah, I'll do it. And then I sat there, I thought about it for a second. I'm like, wait, how do they even know each other? Like, are they just 
are they just because they're goalies? So I I guess that's really what it is. Pat just was like, yeah, we we go way back. I think they they work some camps together. Um, but you know, like like Jake said, you know, hockey is a small world, and you know what else is a small world? All you you don't believe it yet, but you're going to all hockey roads lead back to Fort Wayne. It's true. All right. Latest example. Last night I was. Uh, I texted a little bit with Kevin Weeks because he dropped a Fort Wayne reference on uh, the ESPN NHL broadcast. And he was telling me that his in-laws are from Fort Wayne. And I was like, well, does that mean you met your your wife when you were playing here? He's like, no, no, no. Total coincidence. They just happen to be from Fort Wayne. All roads lead back here. So, you know, we're, word to the wise for you. <laughs> Let's get to our team of the week, the Adirondack Thunder, the ECHL affiliate of the New Jersey Devils and Utica Comets. Yes. So coached by friend of the show, Pete MacArthur, Adirondack is up to a nine, five and two record. They're looking pretty good. But why I wanted to talk about them was they made a bit of a statement last weekend. They had back to back victories over the defending champion, Florida Everblades. Those were at Glens Falls, New York. So Friday, they won five to three. It was a bit of a nail biter. The the Thunder had a four nothing lead. And then Jace Isley cemented it with an empty netter. But the next night, they had a one to nothing overtime victory. Again, one to nothing overtime. So it was scoreless going into overtime. Um, I really liked what I saw out of that game. Adirondack showed they can play a sound defensive game when they you know, put their minds to it. Jeremy Brodeur was in net, stopped all 31 shots he faced. Cam Johnson was in net for Florida. The only goal he allowed in OT was from Travis Brownman, who slipped through two defenders, then got a breakaway rush in the three-on-three overtime. Uh, Adirondack ranked sixth in defense with 2.88 goals per game. Uh, I would like to see a little bit more defensive consistency from them. Uh, But they've got some nice players standing out. Colin Felix, defenseman, he's plus 12. Will McKinnon is plus 10. Uh, But there's a lot of the lineup that's still in the minus category. They need to fix that. A couple other guys will throw out you. Ryan Smith, he's got nine goals and 13 points in 16 games. Patrick Grasso, a guy we've talked about a lot on this show, eight goals, 12 points in 16 games. And on the road, the Thunder is 6-1-0 this season. So not going to be the prettiest team in the league, but they are scrappy and they are effective. They're in a much improved division, but I like the direction the Adirondack Thunder is going. And now a, our prospect of the week, Peter Bates of the Wichita Thunder. Wichita has improved lately, and Peter Bates has been a big part of it. He played at St. Norbert College from 2017 to 2022. He is 27, so one of those a bit older guys coming out of uh, the college ranks. Last season, he was a nice player. 22 goals in 40 points in 70 games for Wichita, which missed the playoffs. This year, in 22 games, he's got 12 goals and 20 points. Really like what he's doing right now. Very opportunistic around the net. And when I say that, he will make some really nice cross ice passes. He will be a finisher. I just, I tend to see him a lot down low, but I I like bringing him up because I think when we talk about Wichita, we tend to talk about the same guys, Braden Watts, who's one of the league's best players, Michael Stanil, 
Jay Dickman, but Peter Bates right now is leading them all in scoring. I did not personally expect that going into the season, so he's off to a great start for the Thunder. All right, and let's let's get into next week, sort of a preview, because we're going to find out a lot about teams in this upcoming stretch of the schedule, aren't we, Justin? Yeah, so there's a, a couple teams that have been that are off to really nice starts, but you, when you look at the schedule a little bit, you wonder, well, are they really off to that great a start? So the big one is Idaho. Now, Idaho is, in my opinion, been the best team in the league so far. And they are right now 15-3-1. So they lead the Mountain Division. I think you can argue about what's been the league's best team right now. Most people would probably say Idaho or the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. Greenville is 15-3-0. and but here's the thing with Idaho. They have yet to play the Kansas City Mavericks, who are a division rival. Kansas City also off to a great start, 15-5-0. That was a team that I will fully admit I did not expect that from coming into the season. I'd have to even look at what I had them in my, in my Journal Gazette rankings, but it was pretty low. Uh, so they're off to a great start. But amazing to me that we're sitting here recording this on December 6th, and two division rivals have yet to play. So what's going to happen is they are going to play for three straight games this weekend in Kansas City. So we are going to find out just how for real these teams are. I'm pretty confident that Idaho is for real. Like, I don't see them dropping three straight. They are just loaded. Uh, the thing about Idaho this year is their defense is good. It's not quite as good as last year when it was like a record-setting defense. But yeah. the offense is better. And I know we've talked about him before, but a big part of that is Mark Russell. Right now, I think he's the MVP frontrunner, um, leads the league in goals. But they've got a lot of depth. But we got to find out what they do against Kansas City. Kansas City, um, led by really a bunch of rookies, including Max Andreev. Um, so it's going to be totally different than it was last year when these were both playoff teams in terms of what we see from these teams. So really looking forward to seeing what happens, Idaho, Kansas City for three straight. Cincinnati Cyclones are another team. Oh, one thing I should mention about Idaho, though, Cody Heiskanen just got called up to the AHL. So that's a big loss for them on defense. Um, Cincinnati, the Cyclones, who won the regular season division championship in the Central last year, then lost in the second round to Toledo. They have been playing much better lately. Uh, they have won seven of their last 10, but we're going to find out a lot more about them this week. They play at Greenville. That's actually happening tonight when we record the show. So that's going to be a big test for them. Greenville leads the South division. Uh, but after that, they have yet to play Toledo. Like <laughs> I've never seen scheduling like this where division rivals don't meet uh, until we're in December. So they have yet to play Toledo. Uh, they will do that at Toledo on Friday. Then they go back, uh, I believe, Saturday in Cincinnati. That is a great Central Division rivalry. Now, the thing about Toledo, they lost this morning, and they're but they're off to a really good start. But they're a little bit different than they were uh, under Dan Watson because their new coach, Pat McKesh, he put together a very small roster. Like They do the things that we're used to Toledo doing, Great in transition, a lot of offense, maybe the best goaltending tandem, but they're very small. Cincinnati, 
it's usually not a team that's a, afraid to go out there and play physically, maybe agitate you a little bit. So I'm interested to see what they do with their size. Like Justin Vibe is a great example. He's a big guy that will hunker down in front of the net. What is Toledo going to do about that? So the whole Central Division is kind of wackadoodle right now. Uh, I mean, Kalamazoo, we thought was probably the worst team in the division. They just beat Toledo this morning, six to two. Um, so I can't make sense of the division right now, but I feel like these games will uh, give us some insight. And the last team I want to bring up in terms of we're going to find out a lot about them, South Carolina Stingrays. They are about to kick off three straight home games against the Florida Everblades. Again, teams that haven't met. Now the South division also extremely difficult. Greenville right now is the class. They've got an 833 win percentage. And then you're kind of bunched up with everybody. Jacksonville, South Carolina, Orlando, Florida, Atlanta, and Savannah. But you ask me right now, it's Florida and South Carolina have kind of been vying for the second best team in the division. They're going to meet for three straight. I think we're going to find out more about South Carolina than we will Florida. Is South Carolina for real? Uh, I think we'll know after these games. Let's go to coast to coast where we will start with the Lake Tahoe night monsters. First off, before you get to your point, what do you think about the name night monster? Well, I, I didn't love it. I don't know why in my mind, I immediately go to the Lake Erie slash Cleveland. So do I actually, that's so funny. You say that that's exactly what I think. Yeah. So but I need to get up around that because how many other people are necessarily going to think that way? But what's a um, night monster? Which knights in what medieval movie become a monster? Well, I mean, what we're all assuming is that this is going to become the ECHL affiliate of the Vegas Golden Knights, who obviously their AHL affiliate is, Call the, the, Knights. is the Henderson Silver Knights. Right. So... We feel like that's why they're putting knights in here. Um, I don't know. Why, 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 why not just call them? I can't answer that. I, I don't know. You know, I mean, at least it's not ice monsters. Like, I hate it when teams put in the ice unnecessarily. So, you know, I don't love it. I don't hate it. It just kind of is for me. Uh, but I do think it's interesting if this is like the greatest telegraph of all time that, you know, poor Savannah ghost pirates are going to lose their their affiliation with uh the vegas golden knights to lake tahoe but geographically speaking it makes sense anyway but as the name goes i, I don't know I, I don't personally love it but i've seen some mixed reviews on it i, I mean do you like it or are you kind of like eh? i kind of hate it like i'll be you kind of hate it you kinda yeah hate it. i just it's like okay night like again k-n-i-g-h-t right monsters did they were they in a boardroom and they're like, I deny take the monsters. You know what? It's a five-five tie. We're going night monsters, putting them together. Like these are two different names that have no correlation with one another. Like, find me a storybook where the night becomes a monster, or I don't know. So I actually well, I love the logo. Yeah. I think it's cool. And it makes for a nice baseball hat. Like, I'd like to get one. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel like it. it might it might grow on me. I, you know, I again, I don't love it. I like it more than say Iceman. Like, and... I'm not the biggest fan of the two word names. It's got to work though. Like Henderson Silver Knights. Okay, the 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 first word is building onto the second one, the Knight Monsters. So, because when the fans are going, let's go 
night monsters. That's not happening. You're gonna pick the monster. <laughs> That's monsters. a great point. Like let's great point. like go night monsters. Go like I actually feel like I'm speaking gibberish right now. Well, and that was kind of one of my gripes with even though it's one word was the Iowa Heartlanders. I mean, everybody just calls them the Landers now. And when you're having to abbreviate your team's nickname, you get into a weird area for me. Yeah. But I hadn't really thought of it in that context, like two words. Are we sure? I, it was I a think, typo? Like, do we know? Actually- <laughs> yeah, we're we're sure. But one thing that I don't like, and I had this thought with, when Henderson came in, is what happens years down the road if they're no longer a Vegas affiliate, then the name sort of stops making sense. I, there have been some instances I'm going to have trouble coming off the top of my head with it of teams like that, where they had a name and it was because they were marrying themselves to the NHL affiliate and then they're no longer with it. And it feels strange down the road, down the road. So I'll have to think of some examples of that for next week. Cause I know it's happened. Um, some more coast to coast. I wanted to give a nod to Yuki Mura, who was on our podcast last week. Uh, not Great, only did that clearly get lots of traction, not just in North America, but overseas, but he has been on a tear, scored two goals uh, since that interview. And as we talked, Yuki's not necessarily a goal scorer. So I think that we have given him some good luck there. I wanted to um, acknowledge that. Uh, just the other day, I learned this. I felt, I guess, dumb for not knowing it. But Newfoundland's Grant Cruikshank is Bonnie Blair's kid. Did you know this? Do you remember Bonnie Blair? No, but you texted me this before. That's oh, so you were probably like, who the heck's Bonnie Blair? I played the fifth. Oh, boy. One of the greatest speed skaters of all time. Olympian. I mean, somebody that was on every, like, Olympic program. I mean, it was a her career big, ended, huge. Her career ended four years before I was born. Well, okay. But that's like saying that you shouldn't know any Olympian before you were born. I don't know if that's quite fair. But, oh, I, okay. I don't think I should. I think I'm probably in the wrong. Okay, let me put it in context for you. Like, look, you know, I'm not going to tell you that speed skating ever captured the national imagination. But if there was one speed skater that people could name when I was, you know, I mean, let's just say 20 years ago, if there was one speed skater that people of my age could name, it was Bonnie Blair. Like that. She was the speed skater. At the age of four, I was watching Teletubbies and not speed skating. So that, that might be that might be the discrepancy we're discovering here. Wait, 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 programming. Wait, wait hang 24, on. 24. So you're watching. Did you read the contract when you signed it? Who your co-host you, to be? You were you were in Winnipeg, right? Yeah. Okay. So shouldn't you have been watching um Doodle Bops? Wouldn't that have been a bigger deal? Uh maybe. I wasn't was, that very Canadian. No, I was a a diehard wiggles fan for your information and i will go <laughs> do you know the doodle pops or or no. did that go over really okay yeah wow i'm gonna queue up some clips of the doodle pops and you're gonna think that you're on acid just from watching it i just want to know. But, <laughs> but i'm pretty sure they were canadian that's why i was a little because i remember <laughs> first learning of them from like watching cbc i think it was so Anyway, we'll have to educate. I hijacked your coast to coast. Keep going. That's that's okay. So the whole point here is one of the greatest speed skaters of all time. Her son is playing in the ECHL. Now I am like dialed in to wanting to watch some Newfoundland growlers and see how well this guy skates. And I think I learned this after I watched this game. I actually did watch some Newfoundland the other day. There was a great game. Newfoundland uh, at Idaho. And Newfoundland won five to four, but it was fun to see two powers really go head to head. Um, I actually came away from that game, even though Newfoundland uh, 
even though Idaho lost, actually feeling pretty strongly about Idaho because I felt like that was probably the biggest offensive barrage, offensive test they had had this year. Uh, but Newfoundland, you'll remember, also got off to a bit of a shaky start, and they're they're coming on now. So like what I'm seeing from them. And the last coast-to-coast note that I want to give you, before, and then I'm going to give you one final thought, is um, Allen. Allen Americans got off to a terrible start. Then they started making some moves. Uh, one of them was they made a trade with Fort Wayne and they traded Chad Butcher and got William Provost and Joe Gattenby. Uh, they just lost one of their top players, Matt Marcineau. He's left for Germany. Marcineau had eight goals and 21 points in 18 games. Now, this stuff happens all the time, but I just it's kind of stuck out, stuck out for me because I was like, wow, Alan, they just turned things around with Chad Costello as the coach, and then they just lost Matt Marcineau. So, Hopefully they're able to figure out how to compensate for that loss. And the last thing I wanted to mention to you, do you know what today is, Jacob? It is our anniversary. You and me. It's been a year. We inst- our first our first episode of THN on E was December 2nd, 2022. Did you know that? Wait, what? A year and four days ago was our first episode and Sebastian Cosa was sitting here talking to us. Oh, I thought we started earlier. The look on your face is so I'm funny. Shocked. Yeah, no, like we we started putting it together in November, but our first episode was actually December second, and wow, Sebastian Sebastian Costa was the first guest, and I think Jake Hildebrand was only the second goaltender we've had on the show. This is episode forty-five. We've only had two goalies. I think so. We've had 45 you're supposed of to have one. Yeah, wait, you're right. One of us, the technical difficulties didn't work. Yeah, we had Clay Stevenson, but we, yeah. we had some technical difficulties. I think those are the only two goals. Wow. But 45 episodes. and That's crazy, man. I think my favorite moment was when we talked about, and I'm getting ready to do version 2.0 of this one, was best names in the ECHL. Yeah, Hack and, and that's. Well, yeah, well, Hawk and Lube, of course, was not in the ECHL. He was an NHL player that you had never heard of. One of my favorite moments was you were like thinking that I'm making up all these names of great NHL players like Ron Tugnut. Yeah, <laughs> that was the look you gave me. You thought I was making these up. Great moment. Great moment. So happy anniversary to you. Thanks, man. You too. It's been you fun. don't look as excited as I thought you would be. To be honest, I'm, I'm going to roll out birthday cakes yeah. for you. Can I? how do we start in December? Didn't we start in like, didn't we start it? I remember we asked Kosa about like what this like first week was or no, it's last month. Like that's why my brain's feeling jumbled. I thought that Kosa was just in the ECHL, but yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah, a I good think, question, but it was, no, I believe you. I mean, I'm honestly pretty surprised to be honest with you. I think like that, that he didn't play a bunch early. You know, it's funny because we were talking to him yeah. about the morning game and look here they were today and there they just go. played a morning game today i would assume they do their education day probably about the same time every year uh but yes i know it was it was december 2nd so happy happy anniversary to you dear thanks honey all right if that doesn't creep you out more than it creep me out we're gonna leave it there thank you for listening for the last year uh as i just learned and uh, we'll catch you next week Take care.